What's up, human? Welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm Amy Rehovchek. More importantly, I'm excited you decided to join us today. I know you've got a ton of options, and I appreciate you. This is a show about all the hard and uncomfortable conversations that arise while generating revenue, and how to think or rethink what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then, of course, how to execute differently. And like I said, I'm happy you decided to come along for the ride. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen so you can be notified each time a new episode drops. And do me a favor, friend. Don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. I'm Amy Rehovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Enjoy. So listeners, I met Garrett... Gosh, it feels like for like a while ago. It's amazing when you meet people. Like sometimes it just like that connection it just feels stronger. But anyway, so Garrett, I uh, we our listeners, I met Garrett. He was a speaker at the Sales Enablement Summit in New York, uh, New York City. I don't know, like a month ago. And Garrett's was it's his session was like how to make sales training suck less. And just like right off the bat, like I like signed me up for that. Like it's so I think from the stage, Garrett, like I was so enthusiastic and like just like cheering on every like power statement that you made. <laughs> and you're like, I you, I like you. <laughs> but anyway, so Garrett, one of the things that you said that really just struck me, and it it was like we in sales enablement are in a position of privilege. And it's, it was almost like a reminder that carrying a bag is fucking hard. Oh, by the way, you're allowed to carry, you can do whatever you want on the show. You went through all this stuff, but like <laughs> carrying a bag is hard. But I don't know. I just, I respected that statement and I am so glad that an entire conference got to hear it. And so how did you get to that mindset? Like it's so different and rare. Like, like, tell me, please tell, and our listeners, like, how did that come to be? Great question to kick things off. When I said that, that was on a win, right? Like uh, towards the end of that presentation, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had spent so much time working on that deck. <laughs> it was excellent, by the way. The talk was excellent. Like how to make trading suck less in the title, by the way. What a hell of a hook. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to suck no matter yeah. what. Yeah, Let's just yeah, try yeah. to make it suck less, right? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. That it's not going to suck. But I remember as I was closing that presentation, finishing it off prior to actually going on stage, I'd kind of gone through this carousel of memories where I, I recalled being a seller and I recalled having kicked off my LinkedIn journey with my wife pregnant. And for those five years being a sales rep and knowing that every single three months I was going to go back to zero and do it all over again, over and over and over again. And I did love the grind. I loved being challenged. It forced me to be uncomfortable every single quarter. Every single day. Well-being isn't about comfort. It's about discomfort. It's about leaning into the uncomfortability and learning more about yourself and others, trying to be that better version of yourself. We all have different versions of ourselves. Anyway, LinkedIn was the very first time I had heard of a sales enabled team. And I'd often talked to folks who had joined sales enablement from all different sorts of backgrounds, but I always thought. What's most important is that these people have served sales experience, right? And that wasn't always the case, which is totally fine. But what at least it gave me having that sales experience was just that empathy to understand that this is a hard gig, really hard to be a salesperson, whether or not the salesperson may even think so, right? Because it could just be maybe so natural for them to talk to strangers and to be goal-oriented and to be driven to hitting quota, all that, right? But deep down, 
there's so much kind of going on that needs to be addressed, especially for an organization and for folks who support the sales teams, right? Because not everyone is built the same way. Not everyone has the same drive. Everyone has different motives. And it's important that we understand that at the very least cater to it in some way, shape or form as we create our materials or resources or trainings or workshops. And like I said at the, in that presentation, right, what we do really, really comes from a place of privilege. I am going to be here telling you about how to sell and I am not doing the job. So this is why the power statements I mentioned earlier in that presentation. Oh, I took a picture of it and I have it in front of it. Like literally okay. I'm ready to reach for it. Like I love that was an excellent slide. Yeah. Yeah. The power statements come from a book called New Sales Simplified author, Mike Weinberg, great book. It's like seven, eight bucks used. And there's a section he talks about maybe like three quarters into the book where he addresses these power statements and says, the best way I've seen sellers and myself position their products is not by talking about how awesome we are or how successful we've been. It's addressing all of the problems that we have fixed for others. And it's saying things like, hey, if you're struggling with any sort of frustrations around centralization or with this productivity issue or with so on and so forth, let us know. And it's an even more important to do that for yourself, where you say to yourself, why is it that I'm in the job that I do? And you let that be known to your audience. You as a sales trainer, you as a sales development professional, you in sales readiness are not selling. Even though you do sell every single day internally to stakeholders, you're still selling in some way, but you're not in the arena. You're not carrying that bag and you don't have a number over your head. You're not having to chase after this carrot over and over and over again. So it's important that the reps that you are about to teach know where you stand. And so those power statements are very clear. Like for me, I am a sales coach uh, and I'm a sales trainer and I'm a sales strategist where I take a very uber simple approach to selling. I, I want to get my hands dirty. I want you to know that I'll be in the field with you. I'll be listening to calls and that I'm not just going to talk theory or give you some canned content that I just kind of splish splash everywhere to everyone. I am going to learn as much as I can about what your day-to-day -day actually is, what the reality is for you. And I'm going to try to find ways to support you as best as I can so that you feel as if your mindset, your skill set, and the tools you have in front of you are actually relevant. They're practical and they're applicable. And that's what I cared most about. And if I could be upfront about that to my people when I teach them, and I tell them right off the bat, even though I don't know what, do what you do, I'm here for you. And here's how I'll be here for you. If I could do that within the first couple of minutes of presenting who I am, I think that that goes a long way. It sets a tone for the rest of the experience you're going to have, whether it's a training workshop session, et cetera. You know, so you said something like when you first started this, that there's so much going on that needs to be addressed on like how hard of a job this is. and so you and I are very aligned on this, this concept of well-being. And I know that Jim Pass is making some pretty massive moves. And I obviously trust your judgment implicitly. And so that you chose to go there and leave LinkedIn, like that is like just a statement in and of itself. So I agree with you on every front. This is a hard profession, like across the board, right? Generating revenue, there's a lot of, a lot of stress. But for sellers, like th these are, in my opinion and experience, these are our elite corporate athletes. One of the challenges that makes operating in this job hard, like long-term, I'm talking about maintaining without, like, because burnout is a real thing, right? On top performers and underperformers alike. But if you were raised in a Western society, right, we 
tend to define success based on an outcome. When I get married, when I get this job, when I get this raise, when I have a baby, when I buy a house, when I, you know, close this deal, then I will be happy. When, 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 when. And first of all, that's inaccurate, right? Because the only place where you can truly experience happiness is in the present moment. So learning how to um, bring yourself and keep yourself present is the thing. But the next key is that is distancing or shifting your own definition of what success is and away from that outcome and more towards the journey, right? And you touched on it a little bit, but the most important competition in this business as a seller, the most important one is competing with yesterday's version of yourself, being a little bit better than yesterday. Again, distancing yourself from that, that end outcome, which for sellers, by the way, never comes, right? Because even if you do hit your month and you hit your quarter, what do you have? Like a weekend to celebrate it? And then it starts all fucking over again. And yeah. so it is absolutely crucial that we are are communicating about this, not only with, with sellers, right? But also to you, but this is why you're doing the Lord's work, teaching those that are, are supporting and leading or empowering sellers about like the true mental strain that just operating in this space is really like. And I, I don't know, you said something interesting and I almost want to go back to it that there are people in sales enablement that have never carried a bag. And I'm with you. I like a human being is capable of learning everything. Neuroplasticity is what it is. And so and the I like whatever. I I support that. However, I know that people that are in sales enablement that have never carried a bag are going to have a harder time establishing credibility, right? With the people that they're trying to train. It's easier to say, I've done what you've done. I've been there. Like, I know what it feels like. And I am, you know, with you. I'm here with you. As, and so, but that said, like, I also think that people should experience it even just for six months because experiencing it is, I don't know. And so, like, I, I, what do you, what would you say to that? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if you haven't been a salesperson before, you know, Having that experience is so crucial just to even understand what that internal struggle is like. Yeah, the external struggle of engaging with customers and going through the process and finding better ways to approach and tips and tricks and techniques of how to, you know, whatever you may call it, right? Like persuade, influence, manipulate, brainwash these customers, whatever, right? You want to be able to have that experience. Now, there's a difference between influence and persuasion. And we are, we are pro-influence on the show. And to quote Andy, persuasion is a blunt force instrument of last resort. <laughs> but yeah, that internal struggle, you know, I remember feeling like I wasn't who I am at some point as a salesperson and struggling with my identity. Because think about it. We talk all day long, right? Like across all methodologies, it's pretty much the the core um vision for all sales methodologies out there in the world the customer first mindset where we're always thinking about what is going to be best for the customer and listening to their needs when you do that over over and over over again Mm -hmm. listening to those needs trying to care for those needs and giving and giving at some point you have to think what am i doing this for right like that's the internal struggle why you have to remind yourself you know there's this amazing concept from one of the most awkward methodologies in the world, Sandler Training, where in the first half of the book, they talk about a concept called a transactional analysis. It takes a psychological approach to selling, and it's very much trying to get into the head of what it means to influence someone. And transactional analysis was an exercise that they talked about in the book that asked the reader to split down in the middle identity and role. 
the I and the R. And they set it like this. Every single night when you go to bed, there's an island that only you live on, and that's your identity. And when you wake up in the morning, you go and play your role. And that role is you being a dad, you being a father, you being a husband, you being a brother, son, you being a sister or, you know, uh, being a salesperson, going to work, right? You have all these different selves of yourself and all these different faces and all these different roles that you play. Then in the night you come back and it's you and it's just you and it's just you and it's just you. And what is it that that is, right? There's another exercise that I also combine that with Fred Kaufman. Fred Kaufman has a book around conscious business. And in that he talks about this exercise called the coat of arms, where he asks the audience to write down very clearly down the middle, two different things. When am I my best and when am I my worst? And I remember doing the exercise and kind of thinking like, not really caring much about it. And I remember doing it being like, I'm at my best when I'm like winning, <laughs> when I'm good, right? When I'm like a good dad or something. But I remember doing the exercise again later on in life especially when I was struggling to find where I wanted to take my career or even how I was, you know, where things were moving personally. And I remember doing it again and trying to be very thoughtful and intentional about what that actually means for me. When am I my best? When am I my worst? Right? Just because sales is a strength, does it strengthen me? Just because I'm good at it, is it something that I'm supposed to do the rest of my life? And that's okay. Let's unravel it too. Like there's so many different aspects to sales. You know, maybe, maybe we like pieces of it and not other pieces of it. And so, okay. But anyway, identity and role, please continue. Yeah. I, I remember writing down, you know, those words, I am my best when I am kind. I am my best when I am thoughtful. I am best when I'm caring and giving. And whenever I'm sort of struggling, I sort of use that almost as like a personal prayer. If I'm struggling with something, all right, let me just think like, I am my best on these things. And, I, and, and it obviously flushed out a bit more, right? Where I, I said, you know, I'm my best and I'm curious. I'm my best and I'm challenged, focused. I'm my best and I'm courageous, bold, and confident. And I had a whole list of 20 things when I am my best. And I did that the same, uh, you know, took the same exercise. I did it for when I'm my worst. And I said, I do that. I, I am my worst and I'm selfish. I am my worst when I'm judgmental, cynical, uh, superficial, narcissistic. I'm my, I'm, I'm my worst when I'm showing off. I'm my worst when I'm trying too hard to impress. And that gave me some guidance, right? To give me some real clear self-awareness of how I act and how I tend to behave, knowing who I am at this very day and time. And that right there helps me to guide a lot of my decisions. Am I doing this for the wrong reasons? Am I doing it for the right reasons? There's another book, <laughs> keep referencing all these books, Delivering Happiness from the late, great Tony Shea. God bless, rest in peace. But he was one of the first Asian leaders I ever come up, like, came across. And his book, Delivering Happiness, had an amazing impact on my life. One of the greatest business leaders, at least for me, I've ever heard about. And he had this three-legged definition for happiness. And he said, happiness is broken up in three parts, pleasure, passion, and purpose. Pleasure is the most short-term. It's you chasing after that high. It's the most ephemeral. And it goes away very quickly. And if you don't know the rest of your versions of happiness, you will always continue to chase that pleasure aimlessly without any feeling or reason or any higher purpose than just for the high itself. Passion is when you're in the zone, right? It's when you're in the flow. The flow. That's, I can't believe you're just saying this. Oh my gosh. It's when you find something you're good at, right? That flow. And then the last is that purpose when you feel as if you're living for something that's much bigger than yourself. It's why religious people are often the best sellers, right? Because, you know, they, 
they are so passionate that there's something else that's beyond them that people need to know about so their souls can be saved almost. I'm not to make it religious, but it's true, right? They're so, the, the conviction is almost, it's, it's so real. And that's why for me, the way I operate, it's so important that I work for a company that has a very clear mission and vision that gives me purpose so that I feel that when the, when the days are tough and when I'm having a hard time, I have to remind myself I'm here for a bigger purpose. I'm here because there are people who depend on me, not just myself and not just my loved ones, family and friends, but also the people that we're trying to serve, which are our customers. And so that right there gives me a lot of clarity to make sure that when I go to bed and I look at my identity, I can say to myself, that was a good day. I did it for the right reasons. I was my best self. With that, Garrett, how can people find you? Oh, uh, find me on, you know, there's a little known site called LinkedIn. Well, I think I've heard of that. Have you heard about it? Oh yeah, it's, kind of, it's making guess... waves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to link your, your profile will be in the show notes. So listeners, that's where you can click on Garrett. It was a blast just hanging out. I appreciate it. That wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. I'd like to thank my guest for being so damn real and for sharing their insights and for, of course, being so much fun. And I'd like to thank you too, listeners. It means the world and I appreciate you. If you have any thoughts or comments or experiences you feel inclined to share, head straight over to revenuereal.com. There's a new join the conversation feature on the right side of the page. I am all damn ears. Final thought, we are introducing a coaching aspect to the show. So anyone who's brave enough to dig into an account strategy or outbound strategy sesh, that's where we kick things off. Please do follow the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. So you'll always have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to contact me, I'm at amy at revenuereal.com. If you want to follow me on social, Twitter is amy underscore Rahovchek. And LinkedIn is linkedin.com backslash Amy Rehefchuk. This episode was produced by the fabulous Nian Fiedler. You rock, man. And I appreciate you too, friend. And of course, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. Until next time, all, I'm Amy Rehefchuk. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Happy selling. Happy selling.